Hi, how are you? Come on, how are you? Thank you, that's good, that's good. Um, yeah, just so thankful for the past two Sundays, right? Easter was really, really great. I'm so thankful for all our staff, right? Um, so I was thinking this morning and just thinking about John, right, John Evan. Uh, and, and the word that came to my mind was fidget spinner, right? So John can spin and spin and spin and not lose energy, right? Uh, kind of really cool, but just so, so thankful for our worship team um, and, and all the volunteers, right? Um, so when we get together to pray, I remember last Sunday, we were just getting together to pray and uh, one of the things that really came to mind, so occasionally God will give me these words, and, and one of those words was that our love will be genuine, right? As a church, we have so many people pass through that, you know, that it will not just be a show, right? You know, because our worship team does such a great job. Things well organized, things on task, right? That it could seem as if it's a show, right? God forbid, right? So, so we're praying, I said, Lord, let, let this not be a show, right? Let this not be uh, kind of fake, that, that they will see the genuineness of our love, that we truly love and care for them, right? So just so, so thankful for, uh, for all that. Um, as John said, my name is Eric, right? Uh, many times I tell people when you go to Connection, say you're looking for Eric the African, right? Um, I serve as one of the elders, and I'm so, so excited this morning just to uh, teach from the Bible, and so we, the, the message is about what, what should our response be in light of Easter, right? Uh, what, what should our response be? How should we respond based on everything that uh, we've, we've, we've come to know about Jesus, particularly from, from last week, right? Um, so Brandon did preach a lot, right? It was such a good message. But he asked this question, how do we know if it's true that Jesus did resurrect, and that he is who he claims to be, right? And, and I was thinking about that, right? He said a lot of things, but there's something I, I just want to remind you of, right? Uh, from Romans 6, 8, 16, he says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. He talked about how the Spirit is a revealer of truth. And one thing that has been so remarkable the past how many years is how many Christians choose to die for Jesus, right? They, they choose to lay their lives for him. And, and he made the point that, yeah, many of these guys haven't seen Jesus. They haven't walked. They haven't been to Israel. They haven't seen any of that. But somehow the Spirit lets them know that Jesus is real. Jesus is true. That what Jesus did 2,000 years ago is still relevant. It, it changes our lives. It changes our destiny. It changes our, our demeanor, our disposition, and all that. And, and that prayer for a lot of us, right, for a lot of you, many Christians, Jesus is here, right? They haven't really experienced him here. Our prayer for you is that you will know that Jesus is real, right? It's as real as my voice, right? It's as real as whoever is sitting next to you. Jesus is that real. So how should we live in, in light of Easter, right? I, I really want to be careful here, right? Because many times 
we have this challenge of do, 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 right? And God is not all about do, 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 right? Though today, that's going to be a lot of my goal. Um, and I think a lot of today is probably for 70%. You guys know that 20, 80 rule, right? That 20% do most of the work, 80% enjoy, right? My prayer for the 20, 30% is that God will encourage you, right? That you will really be encouraged if you're serving, serving at home, serving here, serving in the community, right? My, my prayer for you is that you serve with joy. You serve in the power of God's spirit, right? So Romans, again, talks about if the power that resurrected Jesus from the dead lives in us, that it will quicken our mortal bodies. It will give us strength. And our prayer is that those of us who faithfully serve, that you don't serve because it's a duty, right? You serve because you find joy from it. You find fulfillment from that. But for the rest of us, my prayer is that God will move you somewhat, right? Whatever he's laid before you, that God would move you to take that step of faith for him. So you guys know I love Chuck Norris, right? His, uh, the very first movie I went to was about Chuck Norris. So if Chuck Norris, the Texas Ranger, rescued you from danger, how would you respond? Uh, maybe you might want to do push-ups, right? <laughs> or do burpees, right? Um, but, you know, we, we know what Jesus has done for us, and, and our goal is to really encourage us this morning. Again, just to say, we are not saved by doing works, right? Our good works will never, ever, ever be good enough. But we are saved so we can do good works. So this past Friday, um, our Connect group meets on Friday night. And this past Friday was just so good. We've been going through Genesis for maybe a year and a half. And the past several months, we've been go looking at the life of Joseph, right, from Genesis 37 and up. So this past Friday, we're looking at Genesis 45. To get this, you have to look at 44 and 45. So um, Joseph became governor of Egypt, and um, the... the, um, the um, the dream that he interpreted came to pass. There were seven years of plenty. Now they're into the second year of famine. His brothers came the first time, and he was pretty, you know, nice but mean, right? You can say that. He was nice, but he put a lot of tests before them. And then they came back again, and he put some additional tests before them. And if you look at 44, pretty cool, um, Judah gave a really elaborate talk, right, substitution. I'll take my, my younger brother's place. So Joseph finally said, get everyone out of before, before and, and he ended up revealing himself. And he said his brothers were so stunned. They really had no idea what to say. And, and, and so they were really, really shocked, right? But then Joseph went on, don't, don't, don't worry about this, you know, it's, um, that God sent me before you to preserve life. You know, don't, don't be mad. It's Jesus that, or God who has done all of this for us. So in our discussion, I asked, if you were in Joseph's brother's shoes, what would you do, right? What would you be your response? And so one of our ladies said something really incredible, which is many times the way we live. And, and this is all she said. If I were his brothers, probably I would love to 
seek his approval, to do whatever I can to make sure that he, he approves of me, to know that I've changed somewhat, to, and to, to know that, yeah, it, I'm not the same kind of person I was before. But then she said, that, that's not what Jesus wants, right? So, you know, this morning, right, I really want to encourage you, but we're not here because we see God's approval, right? We've already been approved if you know Jesus, right? Many times we come to serve with the purpose of trying to seek approval. But if we know Jesus, we've already been approved, right? We've already really been approved. It's not about doing, but then it's about doing. So, for instance, last Sunday when Pastor Brandon preached, right, elaborate stuff, very, very elaborate, right? If I'm here to seek approval, I can't match that. Not in a thousand years, right? Um, I coach soccer. I really like soccer. I don't want to use a laugh, but it's sort of very, very cool. And this past uh, Wednesday, we, we lost our playoff game, right? And, man, we worked so hard. We really wanted to win one playoff game, but it didn't happen, right? If my goal in going to, to, to coach soccer is to seek approval, it will be disaster, right? Because sometimes parents don't agree with your substitutions, some of the players don't like it when you put them on the bench, right? <laughs> then, then it will be disastrous, right? There's, that's much more than, than just that, right? So um, two things I really want to make clear before we, we get into. We don't serve to be saved, right? We don't serve to be saved. You, you, you serve because you are saved. And then we don't serve to win God's approval, right? We don't serve to win God's approval, if you know Jesus, you're already approved by him, right? But why do we serve, right? Why do we serve? Um, so I was thinking about this, and, and there was this brief scripture I'll read, and then we'll, we'll, we'll read two, two long ones, right? So in First John, John 2.28, right? In First John 2.28, um, and now little children abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. Right. And, and remember, John is, 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 is writing to Christians, right? He's writing to folks who know Jesus. Uh, but he's telling them that be careful that when Jesus comes, that you don't become ashamed of him. Right. And, and it's not about salvation, right? It's about how we live after we've gotten saved. It's about how we use the different gifts and talents and abilities and opportunities the Lord gives us after we get saved. Many of us live for today, right? We live for the moment. We, we live for the earth. We don't think about heavenly stuff. We don't think about things in light of eternity. And what John is trying to encourage these readers is that if you're not careful, you'll make it to heaven. But you have nothing to show for all the years that you've been a Christian, all the years that you've known Christ. And you will be ashamed at Christ. You'll be ashamed of his coming. And that's my prayer for the, the 80 or so percent, right? The, the 70, 80, that for us, God would help us that when Jesus comes and we see him, we are so delighted to see him, right? That we're so excited to see him. Right, that, that we will be really, really excited to see him. Again, the challenge today, how should we serve? How should we live in light of Easter, right? How should we do that? 
So I have three things, right? Why? We're going to be reading from John 13, 1 through 7. And then the next one, whom the least of these my brothers from Matthew 25, right? And so, and then I have a bunch of questions I ask people when we pray at the end. So um, I'd like us to pray and then we can get going. Lord, thank you for your people. Uh, Jesus, thank you for these, our brothers and sisters. Uh, Lord, even right now, just pray that if, if there's anyone here who hasn't known you yet, Lord, that you will reveal yourself to them, that they will know that you are real, that you are real, that Jesus, you are more than real. So I just pray you bless our time together. Let your word encourage and strengthen and build up. As my wife was praying this morning, we, we, we're not praying for the letter of the word. We're praying for the spirit of the word because the letter kills. But the spirit gives life. Lord, that you continue to give us life. That you continue to give us your life, your life. Jesus, your life is all makes so, so much difference. It's what empowers us to be faithful. It's what empowers us to keep going, even when we don't have physical strength. Lord, would you be here with us? I know you are, Father. Just make yourself real. I, I pray, Father, through the, just reading Scripture, that your folks, your people, your sons and your daughters, your word says we belong to you. Your sons and your daughters, will, their hearts will burn. They, their hearts will feel the realness of you, Jesus. Lord, I do pray for us. Let our hearts be open. Let our minds be open to you for whatever challenge, whatever things you will call us to. Again, Lord, we give you praise. We thank you so much. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, so I want to read from John 13, 1 through 17. Um, and this, this is to some reason why we, we serve. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come. So uh, John 13 through 17 is part of what you refer to as the... Um, So it's, it's part of what you refer to as the upper room discourse, right? So this is the night before, right? The, the night before all the, all the issues that Jesus went through. So he said the night before, when he knew that everything, right, uh, having loved his own, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. Right. So this is the night before. Um, I, I was sort of going through this, and I, the thing that hit me was when I know trouble is coming, I want to hide, right? It's, it's not in our nature to want to go and serve others, to want to make others feel like they are important and relevant. But this was the night before, and, and Jesus knew that everything was set to be as it should be. Right. Rose from supper, he laid aside his outer garment and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. 
Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? <laughs> Jesus answered him, what I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do as I have done for you. Truly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Right. Um, pretty powerful, right? Pretty powerful. Jesus, knowing everything that was supposed to happen, decided to give these guys a really good lesson, right? Beyond measure. So in some sense, I understand Peter, right? Uh, two years ago, I don't, um, in fact, May, Sunday, May 31st, right? Was, was, uh, on May 31st will be two years. If you guys remember in the thick of the pandemic, all sorts of things going on in our country. Um, Brandon decided to wash my feet right here. Fairly humbling, right? Extremely humbling. Humbling in the sense that I know who he is, right? These guys know who Jesus is. He's greater, bigger, wiser. And they said they call him Master and Lord. And here's their master and Lord wanting to wash their feet or Peter's feet. So, so I, in some sense, I understand just a little bit of that, right? I, I come from a culture where we, we respect our pastors. In fact, we don't call them by first name. It took me a while to call him Brandon, right? Even still, when I do that, I kind of I feel something, right? So we, we know who our pastors are. They take care of us. They watch over us. They pray for us. But he wanted to wash my feet, right? And I can tell you, it wasn't something that we planned. That morning we're coming from prayer. I said, Eric, I have this feeling. Can we do this? <laughs> you know. So here's Peter, right? said, Jesus wants to wash his feet. And he said, Lord, I won't let you. Guys, you know that many of you, Jesus wants to wash your feet? But you guys wouldn't let him. Many of you wouldn't. You, you are like Peter, right? Self-righteous, too, um, too good, right? Or sometimes you feel so unworthy, right? It's good to feel unworthy. It's good to feel you don't deserve, right? Because none of us do, which is a good place to be. But give Jesus a chance, right? Give him a chance. Give him a chance because he wants to wash your feet. He wants to clean you up. He wants to get you to where you could be so that you can fulfill his plans and purposes for, for your life. 
He said, you call me Lord and Master. Yes, you are right. I pray that all of us today here will be able to call Jesus Lord and Master, right? He, he didn't disprove that at all. He said, yes, you guys are right. For that's, that's who I am, right? I am your Lord. I am your Master. And if I, your Lord and your Master, has washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. He said, this is an example for you. And then he goes on to say, the servant is not greater than his master. Happy are you, other versions say, blessed are you if you do these things. Always good to ask questions. Whose feet do you need to wash? Right. Let's take a moment and think about it. Whose feet do you have to wash? Who do you have to serve? Right. Who is God calling you to wash their feet? Many times, right, we, we, the, the Bible talks about the way Gentiles live. And, and the way Gentiles live is they love power. They love control. They love to be in charge. But here is Jesus who is stronger, greater, mightier, and all that, right? And he's trying to wash the little guy's feet. I think for a lot of us, the big challenge is, would you serve someone who is below you? the big challenge, right? Would you be willing not just do it, but serve it with such joy? Someone who is well, well below you, who cannot match your degrees, your talents, your money, your fame, wherever you're coming from. Would you, would you be able to let those people serve you? Or would you be able to serve them, right? So um, we, we love to have people over a lot. And one thing my wife always wants us to do is clean up, right? <laughs> clean up. Um, I love to do dishes, right? I, I do that just, just to keep myself humble. I purposely choose to do dishes so I could always know that I'm not as big as I think you are, right? Because we all feel that from time to time. So I love to do dishes. The one I don't like is sweep, <laughs> right? I don't like sweeping at all. Uh, but then she said, oh, you got to sweep. You got to sweep, right? Thankfully, our older son does a lot of the sweeping now. So <laughs> that, that, that saves me for a while. When he goes to college, we'll, we'll, we'll see what to do next, right? Um, but, you know, would you want to, self, to, to do something that you think is below you, right? I remember many, many years back in college, so we, we lived in the dorms, and some of the bathrooms are pretty bad, right? Pretty, pretty bad. You guys have janitors? We don't have that, right? <laughs> we have none of that. And, and so from time to time, the, the whole floor will get together and clean up. And I remember there was this particular bathroom nobody wanted to go to because it stinks. Uh, you still have number two all over the place. No, it was so bad. No, not even the best Christian wants to go. You know, but my roommate at the time, KK, KK decided to do that, right? KK wanted to clean that up. Would, would we wash other, uh, each other's feet, right? I mean, we, we love to serve. Many love to serve. Many love to do great things. But the question and the challenge for all of us is, would you be willing to serve and do the things that are dirty, right? The things that are below you, the things that are 
just too nasty for you to do, right? And, and that's, that's, the, that's the challenge for all of us. That's, that's the call for all of us, right? To be able to do the things that we feel are just below us. I have another example. When we first moved to the States, we lived in Michigan for four years. And at the time, um, I was in graduate school. Every semester we moved, right? Every semester, because I came, my wife came, and then we had a baby, we had another baby, right? And so we were moving all the time from apartment to apartment. And there's this thing I will never forget. At the time, our pastor, Pastor Stairs, he has a PhD in theology. This guy will come over, you know, help us pack things and move things, you know. And, and he did that for us. Well, he shouldn't have to. And in fact, there's so much I learned from watching him realize that, oh, yeah, you know, um, being able to serve others that are below you in some sense. Right? I mean, we know we all have value, right? Don't get me wrong on that, right? We all have value because God gives us value. America doesn't give you value. Jesus gives us value. We all have God's image in us. So, I mean, we all know we have value, right? But... Life circumstances made us different, right? Life circumstances puts us in different baskets. Some are richer, some are poorer, right? Some are more well-educated, others are not. Some have different families, others don't, right? And the challenge for us is because Jesus is washed our feet, would we be willing to help others, right? Would we be willing to do that? What has Jesus done for you? In the light of Easter, has Jesus done anything for you? In fact, 1 Corinthians 6, 11, And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So Paul was saying all these things that the Corinthians were, and he's reminding them that God has done so much for you, and he's done so much for us, right? You know, the, the God of the Bible, right, is a different God. I, I, I tell you from time to time, I wonder if I truly understand the God of the Bible, right? And well, not fully, but the God of the Bible cares about the little guy, right? The, the guy that no one thinks about or cares about. The God of the, the Bible is, 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 lies the situation where the strong serve the weak, right? Again, we're talking about Joseph, right? The thing that shocked all of us, I mean, we've read it many times, is to see that here was Joseph, right, more powerful, much more stronger. He, had, he could literally kill his brothers if he chose to. He didn't even talk about their sin, right? He decided to be so generous and kind and merciful that it was beyond mind-boggling. That's what Jesus calls us to, right? The strong serving the weak, the greater blessing the less, the mighty standing up for the indefensible, the wealthy joyfully supporting the needy, the prominent, well-known, identifying with the least of these. That's what God calls us to, right? That's what Jesus calls us to, right? That's what Jesus calls us to. I want us to read again from Matthew 25, right? Matthew 25, uh, from 31 to 40, right? Matthew 25, 25 to 30. 
when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then will, he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations and will separate people from one another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Oh, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you and naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. The least of these, right? The least of these. God calls us to serve the least of these, those who can take you back, right? The least of these. So in, in 31, 32, we know Jesus will one day come and, and judge our people, right? That will happen someday. 34, 30, uh, 33, 34, he separates the sheep and the goat, right? It, so all nations, right, all people groups, he'll bring them together. He separates them. Sheep to the right, power and honor, goes to the left. Then 30, uh, 35, 36, right? He mentions some specific things. Provision of food, of water, welcoming strangers, provision of clothes for nakedness, visit the sick, visit the prisoners. These are things that are part of life, right? So natural. So they do these things, right? The sheep do these things. And they asked, when, when did we see you do all of that, right? He said, because you did it for the least of these, my brothers, right? The least of these. The least of my sons and daughters. The least of the folks in our community, right? The least of the folks you run into. Because you did it for the least of these, you did it for me, right? Jesus loves those who have Nothing, right? Jesus loves those who can fight for themselves. Jesus loves all people. You know, we know that, right? He loves all people. And, and he wants to challenge you and me, right? He wants to challenge you and me. The hungry, the thirsty, the naked, the stranger, the sick, those in prison, right? That's our world, <laughs> you know? That's our world. That's a reflection of our society, our community, right? And I can tell you there are lots of people who have so much physical stuff, but they are prisoners, right? They have everything this world could offer, but they have no hope, no joy, right? None of that. Again, another question. Who is your least of these, right? To you, who is your least of these? And Jesus refers to them as my brothers, right, my sisters. Yeah. 
the list of these, right? They, they are not worth much, right? Many times we think they are not significant at all. Sometimes they are too needy, right? They require too much attention, not attractive enough. Sometimes they complain a lot, right? The list can go on and on and on, right? The list can go on and on and on. Many times the challenge I have, even for myself, is we live in a bubble, right? Sometimes I feel like I live in a bubble. You know, all my friends are about my age group. They're all doing well. They have good families, good sons and daughters, right? Even our soccer team. Yesterday my wife was saying, you know, good friends, good kids. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, right? But I wonder beyond that what next, right? Many times I, I, I ask myself that, right? Almost like you live in a bubble, everything great and wonderful. Our community is so great and wonderful. We don't come in contact with anyone who will bother us and make us uncomfortable, right? Beyond anything else. How do they know Jesus? How do they experience him, right? How do they get to know who Jesus is? Because I can tell you guys, um, one day all this stuff, right, money, you know, um, our, our brother Roger said it last week, right, on, on that video. When they hit, the boats didn't matter, right? The cars didn't matter. Even a good family doesn't matter. What matters is when you see Jesus, would you be ashamed because you haven't lived your life the way you should, right? Will you be ashamed because we haven't made that conscious decision to, for him to use you the way he could have? Right? Are you short-circuiting him because you, you haven't given your all for him? The least of these, right? The least of these. One challenge I want to give all of us this week. Would you serve someone that you think is below you? Or would you purposely do something for yourself, for your family, or for God's people that you think this is way beneath me? Would you do that this week, right? And I'm not saying anything specific because... Each of us, our circumstances, situations are different. Because God will put different things in our path, different things in our, in, in our paths, right? In our lives that he wants us to be able to serve him with. Right. So where should I start or what should I do? You know, Romans 12 reminds us that God is giving each one of us different gifts and talents, right? The question I have for you, where has the Lord placed you? Start from there, right? You know, Esther's place, connection kids, students, family, our community, where you work, right? Many of us spend an hour, maybe two hours here, right, a week. A few more, right? I know our staff, they spend all their time here. Hopefully that they're in the community too, right? Where has the Lord placed you? Why has God put you in Statesboro? Of all places. Where has God put you here? In Bullock County, at Georgia Southern, right? Uh, City Hall, Brooklyn, right? What skills do you have, right? I know my brother Chris, he can fix all sorts of things. <laughs> I have no coordination, right? <laughs> I have absolutely no coordination. But he could fix all, use it as is, right? Genesis 18, 1 through 8, we see of Abraham seven strangers, right? I mean, Abraham of all people, 
seven strangers. In Acts 9, 36 through 40, there's this story of Dorcas, right? This, this woman that passed away, and, and, and it talked about almost like Esther's place, how she served people to the point that when she died, they, were all, they brought all the things that she used to serve them. In Acts 6, too, it talks about choosing people so they can serve tables. What has the Lord put in front of you, right? What has he called you to? Use it to serve him, right? In light of Easter, because Jesus is washed your feet, because when you do for him, you're doing for the least of this, which is Jesus. That's all he wants, right? That's all he wants. That's all he wants, that we might serve him in all of these different places. Fix things, pray for many, as if you're praying for yourself, right? Give money, support in ways that the Lord's put on your heart. Uh, one of our dear friends, we were talking the last time, he said, Eric, the Lord blesses with the money. And I love to use it to support God's work. That's awesome, right? Maybe that's yours. I'm not rich, right? So I can't give but I have a bit more time, so I give my time in different ways. You know, um, one particular area I want to briefly kind of encourage is our moms, right? Our moms. I know my, when we first came to the state, sometimes God does things in ways that <laughs> is good, right? Good and bad, and, you know. Um, my wife stayed with our boys for until our youngest went to about first grade, right? It was hard, really hard on her. Many times I'll come from school, she cleans the house and I don't see it, right? <laughs> you know, men are so oblivious to those things, right? And, and I don't see it. And, and, and I want to encourage our moms, right? Many of you maybe are stay-at-home moms. You're doing a great job with your list of these, right? Because, guys, can you imagine if every child that comes through our home knows Jesus, right? Can you imagine that, right? Can, can you imagine if every child that comes through Connection Kids ends up knowing Jesus? You never know where they end up and God will use them for, right? But the sad story thing is many of us, including fathers, we're so busy, right? So, so busy. We want to be the CEO, we want to make so much money, we want to gather everything this world could offer, right? We want to do all that and then still want to be a good mom or a good dad. It doesn't work, right? Something has to give, right? When we moved to Statesboro, I know there were times that I had ads run through my email and I'll look at it and I'll think and think and think, is this for me or this for my kids, right? Is this for me? Yeah, I'll make more money, right? No, no question about that. But how about my boys? How about my wife? How about my family? How about ability to have some free time to do some things that, yeah, it doesn't pay, but I truly enjoy. It gives me fulfillment that somehow in a very small way you're showing somebody what Jesus could be like. Save the least of these. Whose feet do you have to wash, right? Whose feet do you have to wash? Who is your least of these? Right. Who is your least of these? Let's take a moment and think about it. Right. Where, 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 where has God put you at this point in your life? Right. 
How can you serve Jesus so that when he comes, you will not be ashamed of him? If you don't mind, can you please stand? So I want us to, um, just where you are, just, I want us to take a moment to pray. Right. In light of Easter, what's your response, right? right? One thing I do want you to pray for is that God will give you power to serve him faithfully, right? Those of you who serve. Right. You're not serving to seek approval, right? Many times we have that temptation, but that's not, that's not the goal. That's not the goal. And, those, and for some of you, Jesus wants to wash your feet. He wants you to give yourself to him, right? Not, I mean, Peter ultimately gave in. What's Jesus calling you to Sometimes beyond this room, right? Many times beyond this room. What's Jesus calling you to? Even for your future. A lot of our college students. What's Jesus calling you to? Some tough decisions of serving him, right? For the least of these out there. Because it's wash your feet. Would you open up yourself to his Holy Spirit? One thing we pray for a lot is that God will fill us. That you may serve in him his might and his power, right? That you might know him. And for some of you, maybe Jesus is not that real. It's been a while since you, you even prayed and felt him, right? I tell you, you can feel him beyond your head. Would you make room for him? For some of you, you have to be like Joseph, right? I know that's not the message, it's not about him. But for some of you, you have to be like Joseph. Where well, you are the stronger, the, the much wiser, reaching out to even the one who offended you. 